Um, most of you have, probably a lot of you have heard Pastor Randy uh, here at Connect Before or even in a video or in, or in our Relate events or things like that, but I just want to uh, introduce him. Um, the best thing I can say about him is he's one of my closest friends in ministry. He and his wife, very close to Stacy and our family. We, we consider their family our family and vice versa, and we always crash at their house when we go to Florida. We call it Hotel Bizet. And so um, we were just there, crashing there and hanging out with them. But um, this is a this is a you know incredible man, incredible man of God. He's built a, a powerful church uh, in Bradenton, Florida, Bayside Community Church. You should definitely check it out. One of the fastest growing churches in America in 2010. It's still busting at the seams, and they're in construction constantly. And um, and it's because they're just such life giving people. You know, anything that has life in it grows. Healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. And so it just starts from the top down, and it's such an honor and, and just a blessing to be around. I just love being around him. Honestly, this is, this, this is um, a true thing. I just love being around him. I, I, you know, whatever he says is kind of like whatever, but I just like being around him because I just feel better. Life is better. It's happy. It's fun, you know, and um, he's really kicking off the series for next week, this week, whatever he's talking about. He's still kicking it off today because he's a Cajun. And he's from Louisiana, so Dynasty starts today, really, because there's a Cajun in the house, amen? And uh, so I just love him. I mean, he is, he, is, he is like deep waters of incredibly shallow material. Humorous, foolish material. No, I'm just kidding. He has just got nonstop humor that comes out of him, and it's just a well like this deep of it, and it just keeps on going. So if you laugh, he's going to keep on going. So I'm just telling you, if you want to get out of here, you're going to have to stop. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, I absolutely love this man. I love his wife, Amy. Uh, would you please just stand up? You know how we do it here at Connect. Let's honor the man of God, and let's give him our best welcome at Connect. Our house is your house. <laughs> well, thank you guys very much. Uh, you can be seated. You can be seated. Man, it's good to be in church this morning. Yeah. Woo! Come on, somebody. You guys must really be frozen up here or something. I don't know. This morning in Florida, it's probably 65 degrees right now. Sun's shining. Waves are crashing on the beach. People getting suntan. I know where I'm going later today. How about you? Uh, actually, I'm really excited about being here uh, for several reasons. Uh, I have a real heart and a, and a connection here uh, with this church for, uh, because of my family. My wife's mother is from this area and uh, was good friends uh, with the founding pastor, Ernie and, uh, and Randa, here as well. And so uh, there's a long history of being connected here. There were many years where... Um, where the, my wife, she lived and moved to Louisiana when uh, she was about seven years old. And uh, so uh, we weren't really connected with the area, but I got connected with Pastor Derek. And, and through that, uh, Amy goes, hey, is that the fries that I used to know when I lived up there? And uh, sure enough, so uh, that probably happened uh, 10 years ago. And then, uh, and then all this history came flooding back. And, and it was just really cool. Uh, there's such a heart and a connection here, and I, I feel like that this church is just part of my family, and so you actually have some Cajun blood in your, in your church family, so, you know, so how, how much better could it be? 
You know, that's all I got to say. But anyway, uh, so I, I really do. I love you guys. I, I love this church. I feel a great connection here. Uh, as I said, my wife's from this area. I'd like to, everybody to meet my wife. Amy, why don't you stand up? And you guys give it up for my wife, Amy. We will have been married uh, 21 years in June. And uh, I asked her, she said, I said, how's it feel? She goes, it feels like 21 minutes. I was like, wow, that's good. She goes, underwater. <laughs> so I think, it's, I think it's been pretty rough on her, but it's been great for me, you know what I'm saying? So, no, actually, I, I love my wife. She's, she's amazing. Uh, our marriage is amazing, and I would give her uh, really most of the credit for that. And uh, I, I wouldn't be where I am without her. Uh, believing in me and uh, supporting me and praying for me and doing life together and us living the call of God that's on our lives. And so I, I truly am a really blessed man. I am originally from Louisiana, was born and raised in Baton Rouge. Come on, Duck Dynasty and all the reality shows finally put us on the map. Woo! May not be good, but at least people know who we are now, okay? And I uh, moved to uh, Florida. Amy and I started Bayside Community Church 11 years ago. Uh, this year in September, actually, we'll be celebrating 12 years of, uh, since we started Bayside. It's been really incredible, all the things that God has done. As Derek said, we were the fastest growing or 10th fastest growing church in uh, 2010, I believe it was. And, and God just continues to do amazing things there. We're just launching campuses and building buildings as fast as we can, <clears throat> excuse me, to keep up with what God is doing there. And, uh, and I truly am blessed to be a part of it. I, I want to give your pastor, Derek, and, and his wife, Stacy. Uh, I just want to say uh, how much I love them and appreciate the relationship that Amy and I have with them. It's good to have friends in life, right? Your church is called Connect Community Church, and so it's those connections, those relationships that are extremely important to have. Uh, uh, none of us uh, would be where we are without the people that have been in our lives. And I'm thankful for the friendship that I have with them. Uh, you know, for Derek, I'm the, the deep well of shallow material that he gets to laugh at. And for him, he's just the dry well uh, that I pour into. So, anyway, I forgot you have the mic last, uh, so uh, I know that'll come back to haunt me. But I, I truly, I do, I love them. I think you guys are really blessed because I know Derek when he's not, you know, Pastor Derek, when he's uh, just with us and hanging out and talking about life and how much... Him and Stacy love you guys, uh, how committed they are to their marriage and to their family, uh, first and foremost. Although uh, ministry lines are, you know, how do you have dividing lines? It was my marriage and then my family and then ministry. It's hard to do that, but I can tell you, he loves his family and his children uh, even more so than he loves you. And all he wants to talk about is, is ministry and his family. And so he is passionately in love with you guys, uh, with the New England area to make a difference you guys are really, really blessed. He's a great leader, a great pastor. I think you ought to give it up for these guys and all they do. Yeah. So I'm actually really excited about the message that the Lord put on my heart to share with you guys today. And, uh, and I, I really believe that today uh, you came here in a certain state or, or place spiritually and in every way, and, and I really believe that you have the ability, the opportunity, should I say, to leave here different than you came. And uh, so I really pray today that, uh, that all of this information, whatever the Lord, however he shares it with you, what's interesting and what's cool about God is uh, you, you could take every person in here at the end of this message and you could all leave and uh, you all would say different things. Oh, when he said that, and, and sometimes I, I don't say that at all, 
but that's what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. And, and when you will just have yourself open to what God wants to do, then he will speak to you today. And uh, he could use a Cajun or he might just speak directly to you. But I can tell you God wants to speak to you today and he wants you to leave different than you came. And when I say speak to you, I, I don't believe that you'll hear an audible voice from God today. Uh, I mean, if you do, uh, we'll pray for you. But, uh, but I believe that God will speak to you in some way. Something will happen today and you'll just know that was for you. It's actually, I believe, you know, God speaking to us in that way oftentimes is louder than an audible voice. It's something that's undeniable, right? And I pray that's what happens today. In fact, let's pray and let's ask the Lord to speak to us today. God, I thank you for the word that you put in my heart to share here today. Uh, you, you knew, in other words, the people that would be here today. And you knew uh, what they needed to hear. And you know that. And I pray, God, that you help me to speak exactly what you want people to receive today. I pray that, that Randy gets out of the way and that, God, you are exactly front and center. Now, I also pray for everyone here that you would give us hearts to receive this word. God, give us ears to hear it and minds to comprehend it and hearts that it might sink into and that the word of God might be planted inside our lives at the very core of who we are, that we might leave this place different than we came. In Jesus' name, would everyone say amen? Amen. amen. How many of you guys have ever gotten a call before and that phone call, it forever changed your life? Anybody ever got one of those before? You got a piece of information, someone shared something with you, you got that phone call, hey, you know, we're finally pregnant, we're having a child. I mean, you know, that'll change your life right there. Uh, we have four kids, by the way. Uh, we have a 17, a 15, and a 13-year-old boys. So three teenage boys at the house right now. Sam's Club is our friend. We buy stuff by the truckloads, okay? And then we have a 10-year-old little girl. Aw, right? Yeah, she's the total princess, and she's the oops uh, as well. <laughs> and so, how I many of you know God's biggest surprises or biggest blessings can be surprises, right? So, uh, I'll never forget when we, every time, actually, with every child, when, you know, I heard from Amy, hey, you know, we're, we're having a child. That, that kind of a call, that information, right, it, it changes your life. Maybe you've gotten phone calls before. You know, we, we got approved for that loan. We're going to build that house. That phone call changed your life. We, we got the investors for this business. That phone call changed your life, and things were different after that. I'm go, I got accepted to that college. I'm going to go to school there. That, that call, right, it forever, it changed your life. How many of you guys have ever called the wrong number before? You ever, ever done that? I actually called the wrong number a few weeks ago. I was calling someone. I, I left them a voicemail, a long voicemail. It wasn't, it wasn't their voice. It was just one of the automated, you know, that, that comes with your cell phone, I guess. They didn't put their, their own voice on there, so I didn't realize I was calling the wrong number. I left a long voice. Would you believe it? The person, it was the wrong number. They actually texted me back and said, you got the wrong number. I'm like, wow, what a nice person, man. I want to be friends with him, you know? And so uh, I've, I've left the call on the wrong number before. How many of you have ever made a butt call before? Uh-huh. Yeah. You ever gotten a butt call before? Yeah. How many of you eavesdrop on the butt calls? Go ahead. It's church. Go ahead. Confess. You know you do. You know you do. Yeah. One of our pastors made a butt call the other day to me, and I'm like listening in, trying to hear what it is, and I realized that's wrong. 
I got convicted, you know what I mean? So I hung up the phone. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't listen, so I was actually scared of what they were saying, really. I didn't want to know. I'm a deep well of shallow information. I, I didn't want to know that, so now that I know, I guess I can, doesn't matter. All right. <laughs> um, let me read this verse to you guys. If you would look in your notes, it's kind of the key verse for the day. Let me, let me bring this to uh, the spiritual application today. It says in Romans chapter 11, verse 29. Look at this. It says, God's gift, gifts, and his call are irrevocable. I want you to circle three words in there. Circle the word gifts. Circle the word call. Circle the word irrevocable. Let me tell you what these words mean. First of all, uh, that word call in the Greek, which is the uh, New Testament language of the Bible, is the Greek word klesis, which means a divine invitation. Okay, God has a call for you. God has a divine invitation for you. Does it mean that you might be called to full-time ministry or you're going to go be a missionary somewhere? But but God calls us, he gives us divine invitations to accomplish things in life. And it, and it isn't always necessarily just spiritual in nature. I believe God has a calling and has an invitation for your life in business, has an invitation and a calling for your, your relationships, for your marriage, for your children, for your own walk with him, uh, for the things that he wants to do in your life in a spiritual or in a ministry nature. But God has a calling, an invitation for every one of you guys. It's a clases. It's a divine invitation for you. And let me give you something that's really cool to understand. God has never made a butt call before. I mean, I'm assuming you can say that. I don't know. But uh, God's never called the wrong person is what I mean. It's not like you've been sitting in church before and you're like hearing a sermon or something and you go, whoa, man, you feel like, that's for me. And God was like, no, no, it, it wasn't for you, ma'am. It's that lady right next to you. I just, I got the wires crossed and it's really, I don't have anything for you. So sorry, you know. Okay, so God doesn't call the wrong number. So when God gives you something and you feel like, yes, God, you, you can do that in my marriage. You can bring it to that place of peace or, or restoration or God, that we can accomplish that in life, in business or in our finances. When you get those moments from God, whether it's hearing a sermon or listening to a song or reading your Bible, or you just get something from God one day, God's call, he doesn't make butt calls. He doesn't call the wrong person. He doesn't make mistakes. That is for you. And then it says his gifts. That's another word that I wanted you to circle. The Greek word there is the word charis. Perhaps you've heard the word charismatic before. Charis, at word, means gifted. God always gifts us or gives us the ability to fulfill the calling, the clases that he gives to us. So if somebody were to ever ask you, are you charismatic? You could go, absolutely. God gifts me. He gives me the ability to fulfill what he calls me to do. You must understand that not only does God give you those things like, oh, you, you see your life in a way that it could be or what could happen. That's God's calling. Then he wants to caress you, give you the ability to do it. I know some of you have heard God before. You heard God before. You thought, man, we need to adopt that child. 
you felt that in your heart, and you're like, we're going to do that. That was God's calling, and he gifted you to do it, and he's going to continue to gift you to do that until you raise that child. And, and maybe, maybe you got a call from God before to, to, uh, to marry somebody. You know, maybe sometimes you've had doubts whether it was really God or not, but don't, don't raise your hand on that one, okay? You remember that moment, God, this is the right person for me. That was God calling you. You took that job. You started that business. You adopted that child. Maybe you heard the call of God before in your life, and you knew that you were a person separated from God, and you knew that it was because of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross that you could have relationship with God. You could be free of your past. You could be forgiven and live a life here on earth that is forgiven and free, but also in eternity with God. Maybe you saw that one day and you decided to surrender your life to God. That was a calling. That was God calling you to a relationship with him. We all have had those moments. When I was 13 years old, I was reading a Smith Wigglesworth book. I know not many people know who that is, but he was a great missionary years ago. I was reading a book at 13 years old, and I got a vision. I, I received a call of God for my life for full-time ministry. At 13 years old, I saw myself standing before thousands and thousands of people just doing ministry of all sorts. I, I knew at that moment it was a Clacy's for me. But then, like many of us, I made some bad decisions. I, I got involved in the wrong things. My, my home life that I grew up in was, it was miserable, honestly. It was completely miserable. My, my parents' relationship was so volatile and eventually my dad left and I hung out with the wrong crowd and started getting around the wrong people and making the wrong decisions and got involved in the wrong things and and I can remember then feeling like well God I've completely messed up the calling that was on my life I thought there's no way God can take me from where I am to living that calling I just I just botched the whole thing but I love this verse there's one more word that I had you circle in there and it's the word irrevocable. Wow, what an incredible word. What a great revelation that you need to get. And that word irrevocable means never avoided or never taken away. God's calling is never voided. And so I don't know the things that you feel that God has spoken to you before. These dreams that are in your life that are yet unfulfilled and you You've maybe, perhaps you've made some bad decisions, and we, we all have, and, and, and you've maybe went the wrong direction or said the wrong things, or maybe you had a marriage that, that has ended, or maybe you're in a marriage that's really messed up right now, and you're thinking, golly, you're just trying to make it from day to day, much less live that calling that you felt from God at one point in time today, and I'm here to tell you today, that call of God is still there. It's, it's not void. It, it's still there. I want to talk to you today about why we oftentimes think our calling is void, and then I want to talk to you about how we can live in it today. I believe God's going to resurrect some, some dreams in your life today. Bring them back to, to the forefront of your life that you might be encouraged again to go after God. So what are some reasons why we might think that the call of God, that Clacy's, is void in our life? The first one in your blank there is we have the wrong view of ourselves. I have the wrong view of myself. Oftentimes, we don't see greatness in ourselves, but we can see it in other people. Isn't that true? You look at other people, and you can somehow see them through the eyes of potential. You, Oh, man, 
You just, there's just something about them and, and they could be going through the same problems as you and you're a great counselor to them. Oh, you're gonna make it through it. It'll be okay. You've got what it takes. And we look in the mirror at our own selves and we go, man, you're an idiot. Come on, does anybody else do that? I know, I do. I can discredit myself. I can go, man, you just botched it, Randy. You, there's no way that you're gonna accomplish that. And we've all made bad decisions, right? Anybody here ever made a bad decision? Some of you, okay? I tell you what, here's, here's how we'll do it. Anybody here sitting next to someone who's made a really bad decision before? <laughs> Perhaps some of you, you might be sitting next to a really bad decision that you made. Don't raise your hand. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You, you're crazy. Don't do it. All right. We make stupid decisions in life. That's just, that's just true. And, uh, and because of that, we oftentimes think, man, there's just no way. Let me just say, you're qualified. I love this verse in 1 Peter. It says, you are a chosen generation, his own special people. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're so special. <laughs> Not that kind of special. Come on, say it like you mean it, like they, like they really are special. You are special that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you. There it is. God has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. No matter the mistakes you've made, uh, it, it's hard for us to see things from God's point of view because we're looking at it from a, an earthly viewpoint. We're looking at it from right now. We're limited by time and space, but God is not. God, God sees everything all at once. God is not limited by time. He's, he is the beginning and he is the end. Before there was a beginning, he was already there. And after there is an end of, quote, chronos time, then he'll still be there. He, he sees it all. It's a continuum for him all at once. And you and I are limited by where we are. We don't know tomorrow, but he does. And we see ourselves based on our past experience and our present circumstances. But God doesn't see it that way. He sees you as somebody who's precious and someone who's special. He has chosen you and he has called you. And he still has a divine invitation for you. I would actually submit to you that the only person that has the ability to void the call of God in your life is you. Actually, it is really never voided. It, it's always there. You just have to make a decision. Are you actually going to go for it or not? And if you see yourself from your perspective, you might think you're, you're unworthy of that. Another verse, you can write this down as well and look at it later. I didn't put it in your notes, but it's Psalm 18 in verse 35. It says that God stoops down to make us great. Woo, man, what a great picture. His arm is not too short. No matter how deep of a pit you may feel that you're in, God can reach all the way down there and he can lift you up. He stoops down to make you great. So your view of yourself could keep you from living the call of God on your life. It, it doesn't void it. It's still there. Uh, but but you, have to, you have to see yourself as someone who's chosen. We're going to get to that in a moment. Another reason why we might think that it is void is because we have the wrong view of God. We don't know how great he is. And I love that my favorite verse uh, is the next verse in your notes there. It's Psalm, I mean, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. It says, now to him, everybody say, that's God. 
Come on, if your mouth, you know, has to be moving in order to say something. So let's try it again. Everybody say, that's God. God. There you go. All right. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power, his ability that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church. Everybody say, that's me. That's me. You're the church. His power that is at work within the church, that's me, that's you. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. God is able to reach your calling to fulfill those things that God has spoken in your life. He has the ability to accomplish that. God is the one that has to be able, not you. You can make mistakes. That ought to take the pressure off. You're going to make mistakes. It's according to his ability, his power that is at work within you. I love this verse. See, God, if, if you're calling, if the things that you believe God wants you to do is something you can pull off without God, it's not God. It should be something that's bigger than what you can do on your own. Otherwise, it's just your dream. And that's not bad. You need to have those goals and things that you need to stretch yourself to help you get there. But God needs to be the one. Without him showing up, you're going to fail miserably. That's fun. I heard someone say one time, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much room. (laughs) Come on, that'll preach right there, right? You got to live on the edge where like, oh, if this doesn't work, man, I'm going to bust my face wide open on the ground, you know. If we're playing it safe, we're taking up too much room. God is able, so get on the edge. You know, trust him. Now, this is important that you understand how this, this verse, these two verses, end with the word amen. Everybody say it. Amen. Now, you need to know how important this word is. Uh, most people, uh, scholars and all, believe that this is the most known word throughout human language. It was originally in the Hebrew, and it was the word amen. It was transliterated to Greek, amen, and into Latin, transliterated, amen, and it's, it's in English language, amen, as well. It's, it's, in most, it's the most known word in human language, amen. It's the same everywhere. It's been transliterated into all these different languages. Now, what you and I may not know about this, or what you may not know, I know now. That's why I have the mic, so I can help you understand this. But anyway, <laughs> that was funny. Anyway, so... So this word amen, we, we might think it is that it's just a word. That's how you let everybody know you're at the end of prayer. It's like the signal word. You know, it's like you're in a huddle, and you know, the quarterback, you're calling to play. Okay, ready? And then the word, you break. That means the huddle's over. Let's go. We think that's what amen is. Okay, we're praying. Thank you for the food. Amen. That lets everybody know. Prayer, prayer's done. Right? That's the signal word. Okay, eat or whatever it is, you know. That's, that's not really, this is not a signal word. That word actually means, I believe what I just said. It, that girl's good. Thank God you have her, Derek. That's all I'm saying. I mean, anyway, amen. So when you finish praying and you say amen, you're like, I believe what I just said. God can accomplish that. You're speaking faith to what you just prayed. It's not a signal that prayer's over. It's actually speaking, saying God is able to do what I just asked him to do. 
And, and so we need to believe that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in me, which is the church, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And if you believe it, everybody say, Amen. Amen. God can do it. Now, the interesting part also about this is that the, the Bible wasn't always written with chapters and verses, right? This book of Ephesians that we're, these verses we're looking at was a letter written to the church at Ephesus, which Amy and I last year celebrating our 20th anniversary, we went on a Mediterranean cruise and I got to go to Ephesus. Incredible. Yeah, uh, to stand where Paul preached and to see where they did baptisms and all that was really incredible. Uh, it was great to be there. But, but this book of Ephesians is a letter that was written to them and it wasn't written with chapters and verses. Uh, the, in, when they canonized the scriptures, they did that so that you and I could say, hey, turn to Ephesians 3.20, and you could find it, and we could reference it and know where it is, right? So we could study it together, and the church could, could be unified in the way that it studied verses and scriptures. Uh, so originally, chapter 4 really was a continuation of chapter 3. So if God really is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, if that is the case, if that's our view of God, He's able to accomplish those things, which means our calling is not void. Then chapter 4 says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. If God truly is able to do those things in your life, then you and I should live a life worthy of the calling, the classes that we have received. And that word urge actually means to stretch or to strain towards something. It actually paints a picture like someone running a race. You know, when they get to the end of the, the, the race there, did you guys watch the Winter Olympics, by the way? And, and there was this speed skating uh, race that was happening, and this person thought they were, were going to win, and they lifted their hands up, and the, the guy in second place stretched, they urged towards the finish line and stuck their skate out and and the person almost lost the race. They had to go to photo finish, and by one one-hundredth of a second, the person actually did win the race, but they almost didn't because the other person was urging, stretching towards the finish line. That's the way you and I ought to be. We should be stretching towards that, not living a life of comfort. God did not call you to live a life of comfort. If the dreams and the callings of God are, are big and enormous and he wants you to live them, then you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone and you're going to have to stretch towards that. The same Greek word is actually in Philippians 3 as well, where Paul says, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it yet, but this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining, that's it right there, stretching towards what is ahead. It's painting a picture of, of going after what is ahead. And uh, that's what we're going to have to do. I would even submit to you that God wants you to know more than anything else that you need to stretch towards what he's called you to do. I believe God even designed our body in such a way that, that everything about our body signals to go forward, not backward. Right? Your, your, your arms are positioned in such a way that they, they naturally reach ahead, not, not behind. Your feet are positioned on your legs in such a way to where you, 
you walk forward easily, not, not backwards. Your ears are even positioned on your cranium in such a way that it's easier to hear what's ahead rather than what's behind. Your eyes are positioned in such a way that you see ahead rather you don't see behind. In fact, the only thing on your body Ain't nothing good coming out of that. Come on, somebody. <laughs> That'll preach. <laughs> Do you understand that God is trying in every day, in every way, to communicate to you that his calling, the things that he's spoken to you, they are not void? that we need to move forward. Forget what's behind. It's time to close the door on all of that today, strain forward. So how can we do that? I want to give you a couple of practical things to take away from here today to go do. And if we're going to live our calling, we must be renewed in my thinking. I must be renewed in my thinking. Isn't it easy to slip into the worst thinking of life sometimes? You know, something Something happens bad, and you just immediately, your thoughts are like, man, it's over. You ever notice how some people, they just have this black cloud over them all the time? <sighs> you leave them, and you're like depressed, you know, because they're just yeah. negative all the time. I mean, they could be in Florida right now with 70-degree weather and sunshine and find something to complain about. I avoid those people in the grocery stores. Uh, we have those people in our church, too. There's definitely some of them down there. And I could be in the store, and I'll see one down the aisle and go, oh, God, i got to get. <laughs> it's, that's those people that, you know, you get a bad report from the doctor, and you've already planned your funeral, and I'm going to die. It's like, man, Simma down. Simma. Come on. Turn to your neighbor and say, Simma. That's the Cajun term for settle down. You'll learn that over the next several weeks in Duck Dynasty. You'll learn all kind of amazing things in this, <laughs> this series. Hey, yeah, I don't have time for all that. That's a men's only deal there. There's all kind of things. Hey, guys, if you were at the men's event yesterday, zip. <laughs> we don't share. Don't ask, don't tell. Okay, where was I? It's a big squirrel moment right here. Where are we? Okay, renewed in our thinking, right? Uh, seriously, some people, your, your thought process, you just get so negative, truly. You might, you might be struggling in your marriage, and you think, man, we're never going to make it through this, and you already got a vision of yourself, single, lonely, depressed, and, you know. <laughs> you know people like that, or perhaps you think that sometimes, but. But here's the deal. Rather than discipline our thought lives, we just let them run wild. And if you're going to live God's calling in your life, you can't let your thoughts run your life. You have to let God's word run your life. That's why 2 Corinthians says we demolish. We don't mess around with it. We demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we look at this. We take captive every thought. And make it obedient to Christ. It's like your kids sometimes, I'll make you obey. You're going to listen to what I say. 
Don't you don't act holy out there. I know what happens in closed doors when everybody's looking right. I bet out. No. <laughs> right? They are gonna listen to what you say. You need to take your thoughts and make them obedient. Make it obedient. Who's supposed to do that? You do it. You make them obedient. Quit letting your mind just race off all the, the negative things and just kind of plan your funeral and see yourself divorced and finances are going to, you know, the work's slow. I'm going to lose my job. Layoffs are coming. Quit thinking that way. How do we do that? Let me give you one little thought here. And it says this in Romans 12 too, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How are you going to get your thought life right? You have to renew your mind. Look at this. Then you're able to test and approve what God's will. That word will is the Greek word klesis. God's calling. You'll know what it is. It'll be good, pleasing, and perfect. All right. You've got to change the way you think. Otherwise, you're never going to live in the call of God that he has for you. If you don't believe that you can, then guess what? You can't. But if you believe that you can and that God is able, then you can. The person who says they can't and the person who says they can, both of you are exactly right. God doesn't void the calling, but you could miss it. And it's based on your thoughts. And so it says renewing. And it's important that you understand this word is written in the present participle tense which means to renew and to keep on renewing, to renew and to keep on renewing. You're going to have a negative thought today. You can't go, I'm not going to think that way. I'm going to trust God. Guess what happens? A negative thought will come again tomorrow. And you can't say, well, I tried it yesterday. It didn't work. I've been praying for my marriage, you know, for how long? Well, about a week now. You've got to continue because as a person thinks in their heart, so is he. This is so important. I don't have time to teach you this, the importance of this, even research that was done. If you want to study on your own, check this out. You'll find this is really cool. Write this down. It's called the Pagmalin effect. P-Y-G. I had to teach all these New Englanders how to, these fancy words here, you know. P-Y-G-M-A-L-I-O-N. P-Y. Lord, these people. No. P-Y-G-M-A-L-I-O-N. Absolutely, yeah. So study it. It's interesting. Research was done to back up the word of God. It's so funny how this happens all the time. Scientists and all these people do all these research, and they go, hey, we found something new. No, you didn't. It's, you're just backing up the word of God. Okay, uh, you need to change the way you think. And then also you need to be compelled by the spirit. You have to renew your thinking. And then there must be a, a power in your life that helps you go for it, to not give up, right? And you must be compelled by the spirit. That's what Paul was talking about in Acts chapter 20. He says, and now compelled by the spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know. That in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prisons and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race, the clay seas, the divine invitation, and complete the task, the Lord Jesus, that he's given, for, given me. That word compelled, it actually means to exert like an irresistible force. 
You've had that happen before. You've felt the Holy Spirit compelling you to do something, somebody struggling, somebody going through a difficult time, and you felt God write them a note, send them a phone call, and, and you just you, you try to get away from it and you can't. That's the Holy Spirit compelling you. And no matter how hard you try to get away from it, you can. If you're going to live the call of God on your life, you've got to surrender to that compelling of the Holy Spirit to do what God has called you to do. And, and here's the secret to it. It all boils down to this. If you don't hear anything else I say today, grab this for the last couple of minutes. However, notice he says that in verse 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing. However, you're going to have to be willing to die to self to say yes to what God has for you. That word life there, we understand that Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. This word right here, I consider my life worth nothing. Two different words in the Greek. This word life is the Greek word suke, which, which comes from where we get the word psyche from or psych. Okay, it means human way of thinking and processing things. Okay, if you're going to be compelled by the spirit to do what God has called you to do, you're gonna have to say no to self and yes to God. However, what I want is nothing. It's like, whatever. Who cares what I want? God's calling in God's life is not going to be lived because you do it your way, but because you do it his way. My suke means nothing. I want to live the life. That word in John 10.10, Jesus came to give us life, is the word zoe, which is an eternal, everlasting, abundant life. Say no to your life, which is, is ultimately going to die, or the ways of this world ultimately are going to die. Suke is not going to live forever. If you say no to that and you allow the Holy Spirit to compel you to God, you will live a life of zoe, which is everlasting, abundant life. See, God can still fulfill the call of God that is on your life. But church, I'm here to tell you, you have to be willing to be compelled by the Spirit to lay down your own life and to go after his life. Let's pray for God to resurrect the dreams and the callings that are in your life. I don't know if you guys do this here or not with your eyes still closed and heads bowed, but uh, I'll, I'll present it in such a way uh, that it'll give anyone in here an opportunity to participate in this. There's no one looking around. I want you just to have a quick moment with God. If there are some callings in your life, some divine invitations that are unfulfilled in your life and you still want to live them, you're saying in essence today, I want to be compelled by the Spirit to live that life, the Zoe life, not my way of thinking. And you're going to surrender to that. I'm going to ask you right there where you're seated as a sign of surrendering, if you feel comfortable in doing this, to lift both your hands up just right there to the Lord. Even if it's half mass, that's okay. Just, just lift them up as a sign of saying, God, I know there's still some unfulfilled places, invitations, callings in my life, and I, I want to live them. Father, I pray right now for these men and women here God, that have probably just about given up on some things. But they had just enough faith at this moment in time to lift their hands to you, to say, God, I'm going to trust you, even if it just is one more time. And God, it's that sign of faith is all you need. That's, that's all you need. Just faith like a mustard seed, not like a mountain. And I pray today, 
that you resurrect those dreams and those callings. That, God, they can live those in their marriages, in their walk with you, God, that they might overcome sin and temptations and habits and bondages, God, that they perhaps have just thought this is just the way it's going to be. But no, God, you have spoken to them that they will be free and free indeed. The marriages that you've spoken will have peace and unity and homes that are full of joy. I speak life to those, God, in Jesus' name. God, businesses and and dreams, God, that are yet unfulfilled. As they lift their hands right now, God, they're saying, Holy Spirit, we need you to compel us into that dream, into that calling. We are willing to stay committed until we see it done. In Jesus' name, I speak those things over everyone here in this church. In Jesus' name, amen.